Glorious devotees, thank you so much for attending another presentation on Sri Jiva Goswami's Satsandarbhas. Today we will uh, begin a overview of the Paramatma Sandarbha. Um, we will <clears throat> um, just be touching upon uh, highlights from the Paramatma Sandarbha uh, in 
three or perhaps four discussions and then proceeding on to the Krishna Sandarbha, which we will discuss in great depth. So let us get right into the heart of the matter here. Uh, the Purushas. Again, uh, we go to the eighth Anucheta, which gives us the seed conception of the entirety of the Siddharvas. Uh, in one feature, Sri Krishna exists as pure consciousness without any manifest characteristics and is referred to as Brahman in some portions of the Vedas. In another feature, he expands as the Purusha, who regulates the extrinsic potency, Maya, by his many plenary portions. In yet another of his principal forms, he is Narayan, resplendent in the spiritual sky, Vaikuntha. May that Sri Krishna, the original complete absolute truth, Swayam Bhagavan, bestow love for himself on those who worship his lotus feet in this world. Again, this is uh, Jiva Goswami's own presentation of the Vedanti verse from the second chapter of the first canto of the Bhagavatam. Uh, this verse is the primary uh, verse upon which the first three Sandarvas are based. Vedanti tat tat bavidas tat vamyas gyanamadvayam rameti paramatmeti bhagavaniti sabjate. So Jiva has um, given us some idea of the Bhagavan conception um, in the last Sandarbha, dealing specifically with Bhagavan, the Bhagavat Sandarbha. And in there, he also dealt with. Um, presenting the proper understanding in regards to uh, the Brahman manifestation of um, the Supreme Absolute Truth. So now he dedicates an entire Sandarbha to the Paramatma manifestation. So this Paramatma manifestation of, uh, of the Absolute Reality is more or less the, the common understanding of God uh, within the world of man. Uh, so this understanding of Paramatma that will be presented by Bhagavan will put Paramatma in a, in, in, in a proper light in relationship to uh, the supreme absolute reality. And that light is the Paramatma feature or manifestation of the Supreme Lord, Bhagavan Sri Krishna. Uh, that Paramatma manifestation is specifically a manifestation which deals with the creation, the maintenance, and uh, the protection of 
the material manifestation. So first some introductory words regarding the Paramatma uh, Sandarbha in general, and then we will go into the details of today's discussion dealing with the ontology uh, of Paramatma. So first the overview, Bhagavan is the complete pers person, Purusham Purnam, who has his own eternal abode and liberated associates in the spiritual realm. He has real potencies inherent within his nature, all of which can be divided into three categories, intrinsic, Antaranga, intermediary, Tatasta, and extrinsic, Bahiranga. Srila Jiva Goswami's unique contribution to Vedanta philosophy was to make this distinction explicit, which is a significant aid in understanding Bhagavan, the conscious living beings, the manifested cosmos, and the, and the interrelation between them. This refinement in understanding is not commonly brought to light by Indian theists who tend to conflate Bhagavan and Paramatma without differentiation. We'll continue with this introduction a little bit and then discuss Bhagavan's intrinsic potency manifests directly as his body, qualities, abode, associates, and activities. The limitless conscious living beings, both in the material as well as the trans-empirical realms, are manifestations of the intermediary potency, so-called because they mediate between the intrinsic and extrinsic potencies. The, phenomenal, the phenomenal worlds, on the other hand, are manifested manifestations of Bhagavan's potency. Although reality, tattva, is one only, it encompasses all three of the above-mentioned manifestations. They are not just theoretical concepts, but ontological realities. Bhagavan is ever-present in his own abode and is engaged in his divine play with his devotees. He does not directly participate in the affairs of the phenomenal world. It is for this reason that Bhagavan expands as Paramatma, also called Purusha or Ishvara, for the evolution sustenance, and dissolution of the phenomenal world. So again, we are given this understanding of the extraordinary contribution of Srila Jiva Goswami uh, to, well, first of all, to Vaishnavism in general, and then, of, of course, specifically to the Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojan um, of the Gaudiya Vaishnav um, sect uh, coming in the wake of the dispensation of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, so these as explained here, generally speaking, a deep distinction and understanding in tattva um, 
of the nature of Paramatma and Bhagavan uh, is generally uh, the two are are not the, the distinctions are not clear um, within even the theists or uh, those that believe in a in the personal conception of the supreme absolute truth in the Indian culture they they can they they see both the all-pervading Lord Paramatma and the Supreme Lord as the same manifestation of divinity. So Jiva Goswami's unique contribution of plumbing the depths of what's offered in the Bhagavat Purana and churning that ocean of transcendental wisdom, bringing out clearly the distinctions is, um, is again, one of the magnificent contribution that he has made um, uh, to uh, human society and specifically to those uh, desiring uh, uh, to engage in a turning of consciousness towards the Supreme. So the Paramatma manifestation of Bhagavan. Paramatma Sindarbha is an elaborate essay on the nature of Paramatma. The distinction between absolute reality's manifestations as Paramatma and Bhagavan is relatively unknown, even to those who study Vedanta. These two specific designations are often used synonymously to refer to a single aspect of the tattva. It was Sri Jiva Goswami's genius to clearly define them and enumerate their characteristics and functions in detail. There is no other work in the entire gamut of Indian theological and philosophical literature that throws light on this subject so lucidly. Paramama is akin to what people usually conceive of as God, the creator and overseer of the cosmos. Whereas Bhagavan is God, in his supreme transcendence without reference to the phenomenal world, God in his own intrinsic being. Paramatma is the regulator of the intermediary potency, Tatasta Shakti, and the extrinsic potency, Bahiranga Shakti, otherwise known as Maya. He is a qualified visista by these two potencies. These two potencies are distinct from the intrinsic potency of Bhagavan, known as the Antaranga or Swarup Shakti, and are to be understood as being directly under the jurisdiction of Paramatma, not Bhagavan. So it's, it's imperative upon us to, to fully understand this distinction and although the Paramatma manifestation of the Supreme Lord manifests the material cosmos, 
expands through his potency into the jiva shakti and the mahiranga shakti what we call the maya shakti material modes of material nature uh, although the paramatma feature directly is that aspect of the supreme lord which interacts with the material world he also is distinct from it and not influenced by it he's the the supreme internal witness of the material manifestation as opposed to bhagavan sri krishna who is truly only engaged in loving affairs with his eternal associates in the transcendental realm, having nothing whatsoever to do with uh, the material manifestation. Even when he comes once in a day of Brahma, actually twice in the day of Brahma, uh, Krishna and once as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in that same day of Brahma, even though he does, he descends with, basically he being, brings his entire Vaikuntha atmosphere with him, along with all of his associates from that transcendental realm. So that is truly a distinctive descent uh, of the Supreme Lord, although it is sometimes referred to as avatar, technically speaking, uh, it doesn't fall into the same category as the other avataric descents of divinity, which are coming through uh, the agencies of the Shai Vishnus and all the uh, various material uh, universes. So let's take this uh, bird's eye view of the Paramatma Sandarbha. The first section of the book delineates the ontology of Paramatma as a supreme witness, Shetrajna, the animator of primordial nature, Purusha and the regulator of the jivas and the gunas of Prakriti. Sri Jiva lays bare the intrinsic characteristics of the Atma as a conscious integrated part of Paramatma distinct from Prakriti in the second part of the book. The third topic taken up by Sri Jiva Goswami is the nature and functioning of Maya. This leads to a discussion of the evolution of the cosmos he completes the book with an investigation into the prime subject of discussion of, in Srimad Bhagavatam, conclusively demonstrating that it is none other than Sri Bhagavan. So four basic divisions of the Paramatma Sandarbha are there. The first dealing with the ontology of Paramatma, what is the nature of Paramatma? Second, dealing with the ontology of the expansions of Paramatma, the Jiva Shakti, 
the ontology of the jiva. The third topic is the Bahiranga Shakti, commonly known as the Maya Shakti, which is the extrinsic potency of the Paramatma or matter, both in its gross and subtle nature. And then he concludes the book, this Paramatma Sandarbha, by looking to the Bhagavat, Srimad Bhagavatam, and saying, although all these things are delineated and discussed in the Bhagavat Purana, we must understand that the main subject of the Bhagavat Purana is the ashraya, the shelter of all these subjects, which is full disclosure of the Supreme Lord and an appreciation for the loving relationships that can be had with that Supreme Personality. That is, of course, conclusion of the Paramatma Sandarbha and an excellent entrance into the subject of Krishna, which is the next Sandarbha, the Krishna Sandarbha. So we end up, we've talked about Bhagavan, Jiva's presented in the Bhagavat Sandarbha, talked about the Brahman manifestation, which is that non-distinctive way of viewing spiritual spirit, the Advaitin viewpoint uh, without, without qualification, then the qualified Bhagavan, and then the specific in relationship to the material manifestation, uh, the Paramatma, and then we, we will go on to finish the Sambandha section of Jiva Goswami's Sandarbha presentation with a very, very in-depth analysis of Krishna, Krishna to Bhagavan Swayam. That then becomes the focus sloka for Jiva Goswami, and he completely expands that so that we understand that this is the topmost manifestation of divinity, Lord Sri Krishna, and the topmost manifestation of his abode uh, is Goloka. So the first Anuchetas deal with ontology of Paramatma, being the source and shelter of the jiva or tatasta shakti, Paramatma is the interior regulator of all living beings. He is thus known as the supreme witness, Shetrajna, of the fields of action. Shetrajna means one who knows the presentational field of the body and the environment in which it participates. Although the jiva is also a limited knower, Excuse me. 
Although the jiva is a limited knower, Shetrajna of the individual field of his own body, his knowing capacity is not independent of Paramatma because he is but a part of his Tatasta Shakti. Paramatma is thus the primary reference of the world Shetrajna. I'm sorry, of the word Shetrajna. continues. According to Sri Jiva Goswami, there are three manifestations of Paramatma, the metacosmic, the macrocosmic, and the microcosmic. These three manifestations of Paramatma are also known as Sankarshan, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, and Aniruddha, respectively, who, along with Vasudev, are called Chaturvyuha. Paramatma, also called Purusha, can be further characterized in two ways, namely as self-endowed with differentiated portions, Vibhinamsa, called jivas, and is endowed with plenary expansions, swamsa, called avatars. An avatar has divine powers and the intrinsic self-identity of being God. Avatars are primarily of two types, Guna avatars and Leela avatars. So this again is an overview of uh, Paramatma. Then the next Anuchedas from 19 to 47 will deal with the ontology of the Jiva. Uh, Jiva Goswami begins with a detailed analysis of the intrinsic characteristics of the pure self, the Atma. What is the Atma independent of being the impressions coming upon the Atma and the identification of the Atma with the external potency, who is under the jurisdiction of Paramatma and presents the Vedantic position of inconceivable oneness within distinction, achinta, beta, beta. Is essential to the path of bhakti yoga, the prescribed method in Bhagavat Purana. Why is it essential? Well, if we think we're God and alike in every way, um, what need is there for bhakti? There truly is none. Of course, this is the ultimate of the Advaitin uh, conception of the supreme absolute truth that in the ultimate issue, we are all of the same spiritual substance. Yes, but that's only part of the story. That's a partial understanding. We are part of the same substance. We are an infinitesimal part, and there is a supreme absolute part, which is the whole, which is the supreme Lord in all his glory. So understanding our finite position and Lord position and therefore our in our subordination to him uh, leads us to a, a consciousness and awareness that allows for the development of a proper dedication uh, to his ultimate pleasure 
and of course being his integrated part that is truly the the best source for our own self-satisfaction and enjoyment and then a large portion of the paramatma sandarbha uh, is dealing with the ontology of maya the bahiranga shakti um, next thing is extrinsic potency bahiranga shakti called maya real potency of paramatma through which paramatma conducts the function of creation sustenance and dissolution maya has two divisions the instrumental or efficient aspect nimitta known as jiva maya and the constituent or material aspect upadan known as guna maya with its two divisions, Maya operates like a modern-day manufacturing company that uses the media to advertise its products, generating desires in the minds of consumers and then makes available in the market. Then to the final concluding part of this wonderful Paramatma Sandarbha, in the final six Anuchetas, Sri Jiva demonstrates that the subject of Srimad Bhagavat Purana is Bhagavan. Sri Jiva concludes his treatise by stating that the explanation of the famous Vedanta verse of Bhagavat Purana that, begins, that began in Tattva Sandarbha has now been completed. Among the four Sandarbhas that delineate the knowledge of Sambandha, Paramatma Sandarbha is the most important because it analyzes the nature of the self and its conditioning by Maya. We have to know, I'm sorry, we have to begin where we stand at present. Without this knowledge, we cannot know in which direction to move, in, even if we are clear about the destination. So we must have some knowledge of how we are being influenced by Paramatma's extrinsic potency, Maya. And once we know and have some detailed knowledge of the functioning of that potency, then we can realize uh, the bewildering nature that it has upon us, and we can seek shelter of a superior man aspect of the Supreme Lord, his uh, Swarup Shakti, uh, hoping that, hoping to be relieved of that influence. That turning of consciousness is the bhakti that has been spoken of and is uh, the primary objective of this entire presentation of the Sandarbhas to effectuate that turning of consciousness. So that is initially accomplished by an understanding of the nature of what that aspect of the Supreme Lord, which is currently influencing uh, our consciousness, because we are conscious beings and we are influenced by our environment. 
a little summary of what's in the entirety of the Paramatma Sandarbha. Again, I remind you that we are just doing an overview, uh, that this subject matter is extremely deep and uh, penetrating and foundational uh, to uh, devotional practice and to a complete absorption in the message of the Bhagavat Prana, which is the prime uh, praman or evidence as to the nature of spirituality that is available in human society. So um, this in-depth uh, study as presented by Jiva Goswami is, is extremely uh, important to all Gaudiya Vaishnavs uh, to have this, this fundamental understanding. We may not have time to ourselves enter deeply into um, this study, uh, although hopefully at some point in our lives we will have the time and the facility to do so, but if not, at least having the appreciation of what Jiva Goswami did and what how valuable his contribution is, um, is, is greatly beneficial uh, to our spiritual progress. Uh, this, uh, this knowledge is so fundamental, uh, foundational uh, to um, Sambanda, Abhideya, and Prayojan, as is all the contributions of the uh, seminal acharyas, the foundational acharyas uh, coming from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Goswamis, Vishwanath, Baladev Vidyabhushan, and all the others uh, who were there initially and codified uh, the message of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu so that his dispensation could be fully appreciated in human society. This is not just, this is very specific. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent came to give a very specific uh, contribution. Golokar Premadan Harinam Sankirtan. Shaitanya Mahaprabhu's Harinam Sankirtan is giving to the world the highest conception above Artha, Dharma, Kama, and even Moksha. This true Purushartha, this fifth Purushartha, Prem Purushartha, Prem Bhakti. So the essential points here, uh, essential, the difference between the Paramatma and Bhagavan manifestations of tatma, Tattva or the Supreme Absolute Truth, the three primary manifestations of Paramatma and their functions, the role of the three Guna avatars and their relative positions, the difference between the terms Jiva and Atma, the inherent nature Atma, Maya and its various functions, the relationship between Maya and the Jiva, the mystery behind the bondage and release of the Jiva, the dynamics involved in the evolution of the cosmos, 
examination of the nature of the world as real or unreal, the intent behind the acts of creation, sustenance, and dissolution of the cosmos, the question as to why God does not relieve the suffering of humanity, the unbiased nature of God. So these are the primary uh, and essential points that are presented in this Paramatma Sandarbha. And now we will enter in directly into the text. Uh, our discussion will uh, primarily focus on the second Anucheta. So we will first go through the first. Now Paramatma, this is what Jiva has written in his Sandarbha, in the first Anucheta, will be explained. Paramatma is said to be that feature of Bhagavan that pertains specifically to the cosmos. It is said in the Gita Upanishad, this body, O son of Kunti, is called the field, Shetra, and the one who knows it is called the knower of the field, Shetrajna, by those who have directly intuited both the field and its knower. O Bharat, Know me also to be the Shetrajna situated in all Shetras whatsoever. In my view, knowledge of the field and of both these knowers of the field is what is meant by true knowledge. Bhagavad Gita, 13th chapter, the first and second text. And in all fields whatsoever, you should know me also to be the Shetrajna. I am not like the jiva whose knowledge is restricted only to its own individual field. This is the intended meaning. This alone is the intended meaning of the statement. Sri Krishna concludes by saying that such knowledge is easily attainable if pursued along with devotion. Again, from the same 13th chapter, Krishna instructs Arjuna, in this way, the field, Kshetra, knowledge, Gyan, and the knowable, Jnaya, have been described in brief. Knowing this, my devotee attains my nature. Therefore, in this verse of the Gita, only the knower of the individual field, Vyasti Kshetrajna, is identified as the devotee, whereas the knower of the aggregate of all fields Samasti Shetrajna is the substantive reality to be known, Shneya. So, what Jiva Goswami is pointing out here, which will come to a fine point as we go forward, is the fact that the true knower of the field an understander of, of knowledge, true knowledge, ha, is Krishna's devotee. Unless you see the field of activity in, re, in relationship to this understanding of Krishna being the supreme samasti shetrajna, the knower of all fields, and that all fields are coming from him, unless you have that knowledge, 
you're not truly in knowledge. This 13th chapter of the Gita began with, this is what Krishna considers to be knowledge. If you know this, then you're in knowledge. Well, if you know this, then you are his devotee. To have this understanding and appreciation of this knowledge is what it means to be a devotee, to know the source of the material manifestation, that personality who pervades the material manifestation, and that source for your own from whom you get the capacity to observe the field of activity which he has created for you, uh, that constitutes real understanding. Jiva Goswami continues, the manifestation of the Paramatma feature of Bhagavan is also indicated by the personified Shrutis. I must mention at this point that, again, this first Anucheta is an extremely elaborate presentation from which I have only taken some very small key points. So from the 87th chapter, the prayers of the personified Vedas of the 10th canto, O eternal one, you Paramatma from whom all these jivas have come, being their cause, pervade them unrestrictedly, completely. Thus you are their regulator. According to this understanding, Paramatma is to be known as that partial form of Bhagavan who possesses special potency and from whom the living entities appear. As is said in the Gita, I pervade and support this entire cosmos by a single fraction of my power. When it is said that Paramatma appears as the Purusha due to the limiting adjunct of Maya, it is in a figurative sense only. So again, just so that we keep everything in perspective, although Paramatma pervades and has complete awareness of everything within the material manifestation through his three different forms, metacosmic, macrocosmic, microcosmic. Although he has, he, he is in this supreme observing position, he is not affected by Maya himself. Although you would think he would be as deeply as he is involved in its creatance maintenance and dissolution. Now we come on to the to the second nanocheta. And here we get into a deep understanding of the distinction between Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, Narayana and the Paramatma manifestation. And I believe it's important for us to keep this in perspective. Uh, 
if we remember Sri Brahma's prayers from the 14th um, chapter of the 10th canto, Brahma Vimohan uh, Leela, where he 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 was he came he came to some understanding of the nature of Krishna's unlimited potencies. Now, this is the this is the founder of our sampradaya, the great great grandsire of of from which we have acquired. Um, spiritual knowledge and his conclusion after observing Krishna's potency was that others may think that they understand and they may even say that they understand God they understand you but from my perspective and what I have just experienced, I can say conclusively that I have no deep and meaningful understanding of the unlimited nature of your potencies. Such a profound statement from, from Lord Brahma. So, similarly, in looking at what's going to be presented here by Jiva, he's going to take and utilize something that Brahma himself presented in his Samhita as far as a theistic, uh, theistic conclusions regarding the nature of the Supreme, his Brahma Samhita, which Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally brought into the Sampradaya as a significant text. Personally, he, he, he got this during his, his, his tour, and he Although there was only one chapter, it became very foundational uh, to an understanding of the nature of the, the topmost manifestation of divinity. Govindam, Adi Purusham, Tamaham, Bajami. That this is the worshipable object of our Sampradaya. So we're going to get here a glimpse of some very deep philosophical understanding coming from Jiva. Uh, I will do my best to convey it. Uh, and I wanted to bring here, before we dive deeply into it, I wanted to make the point that although we are utilizing 
our intellect and our mind to try to grasp some understanding of the various potencies and expansions of the Supreme Lord, truly, this is just an indicator. And that brings us into a, the primary uh, understanding that we're going to make here, this indicator, the, this idea, linga. So from the second Anucheta, as before, as in the case of Bhagavan, the prerequisite for his Paramatma's manifestation should be understood as bhakti alone. Whoa, okay. So now Jiva's just gone, gone and said it, hasn't he? That the Lord manifests as Paramatma simply in order to facilitate bhakti or a turning of consciousness, awareness, and full loving relationship to him. That manifestation is threefold, as is said in the Naradiya Tantra. Bhagavan Vishnu has three forms, each called the Purusha or the immanent self. The first, Mahavishnu, is he who sets in motion the total material energy, Mahatattva. The second, Garbodakshai Vishnu, who is situated in the egg-like or womb-like universe, the third is Kashiro Dakshai Vishnu, who is imminent within the heart of every living being. He who intuitively knows these three is liberated from conditional existence. Bhagavan Vishnu is also known as Sankarshan and Mahavishnu, as found in Brahma Samhita, the effulgent eternal Bhagavan Sambhu, Vasudev or Mahanarayan, the Lord of Vaikuntha, is his, Krishna's, causal agent, Linga, in the matter of generating the world. And Mahavishnu Sankarshan, the Lord of the cosmos, appeared within that causal agency, Linga. From of Samhita 5.8. 10. Jiva unpacks that a little for us. It is necessary to explain the word linga from Brahma Samhita, cited above. In accordance with the Vishnu Purana statement, this entire cosmic energy is situated in a one one hundred millionth part of his part. The pronoun his refers to the supreme form of Bhagavan, Sri Govinda, and the potency to manifest the Purusha avatars belongs to him alone. A special part of that causal potency of Sri Govinda is known as Sambhu, Vasudev or Mahanarayan, who is called the causal agent, linga, comparable to that causal potency, linga miya, because he is the agency through which the Purusha avatars appear. 
In other words, the term linga denotes denoting a portion of Sri Govinda is the basis of the primary meaning of the word sambhu. Linga thus refers to a special portion of Bhagavan alone as understood from the above context. There's a lot to be unpacked here. And um, in order to do full justice to this subject, <laughs> justice or fuel, give it full, uh, the full explanation that it deserves. Uh, I don't want to enter into this in-depth discussion uh, uh, in the short time that we have left today. So I'm going to uh, to leave this uh, in-depth understanding uh, and unpacking uh, to our next, next discussion so that we can give it uh, the full concentrated um, attention and devotion uh, that it warrants. Uh, that said, uh, just as a preview, it's important to understand what Jiva has just just given us here. Uh, just this, this by way of introduction through his his anucheta itself, he's pointed out the that this aspect, this paramama aspect that is manifested through the agency of his expansion as Narayan in Vaikuntha is, well, let's read it again. Uh, from the Vishnu Purana, this entire entire cosmic energy is situated in a 100 millionth part of his part. What's being brought out here from Brahma, from the Brahma Samhita, from Brahma's prayers, is just how in, in, in comparison to the Lord's internal potency and manifestation of Swarup Shakti, this aspect that results in the manifestation of the Purushas, all three of these aspects of the Paramatma feature of, of of divinity is, is, it's not that it's not significant, but it's in practically infinitesimal in comparison to Govinda in his transcendental realm. So it, it kind of puts things 
in a perspective that Bhagavan Sri Krishna, his potency that from which all this is, is coming is, is so overwhelming. Just as, as, as Brahma said, others can say they may know, but from my perspective, after being schooled uh, by, by Krishna himself, still in his young, uh, at the end of his Kumara age, in his earthly Leela, I could say, I really, really, I may be able to create the universe, but what I've just experienced about these unlimited potencies and and how the Lord can expand himself and, and expand into all of his associates because he knows and loves them so well, um, it's overwhelming because then he showed me that all of the various Vishnu manifestations in all the various universes are coming ultimately through him. But they're, but they're coming in a specific way, which is what we're going to unpack in the next discussion. Uh, it, the, specific, the specifics about how Paramatma is coming uh, through Narayan and Vaikuntha. It's going to give us some small insight, some much appreciated insight from a, the Gaudiya perspective as to this, this deep understanding of um, Vasudev, Sankarshad, Pradyumna, Aniruddha, the first expansions, the second expansions, the expansions is coming into the material universe. And uh, Narayan being that, that causal agent, that linga through which Sri Bhagavan Sri Krishna, Lord Govinda, brings forth the material universe. So I will conclude with that today. I want to thank you so much for your association and for giving you giving me some small portion of your time and nourishing my spiritual understanding uh, by your attentive hearing. If anyone has any questions, we can attempt to answer them to the best of our capacity. And if not, I offer you my sincere respects. Vanchakalpatu Vischa, Kripa Sindhu Bhavacha, Patitanam Pamadevyo Vaishnaviju Namo Namaha. Bhara Bahantar Kong 